I think that that's the thing is knowing there's different versions of your parenting that will happen as you kind of mature and you figure out more of yourself, like who you want to be and what you want to pass down. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we're dedicated to helping product-based business owners turn into revenue-generating, successful, happy product bosses. I'm Jacqueline Snyder. And I'm Mina Kunlo-Sitep. Together through digital courses, coaching, and masterminds, we've helped over 50,000 students from startup to multi-million dollar businesses scale their sales while blending in their dream life. It gets lonely out there in the product business world. We fully believe a business shouldn't be built alone. There's room at the top for all of us. So let's get scrappy and creative together, Product Boss, to be profitable, make more sales, and grow your visibility. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hi, everybody. I am so excited. Do you want to know why? Because this September, HubSpot is having its annual inbound conference. You know that we are so proud to be part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. This September 5th through the 8th, HubSpot is hosting its annual inbound conference in Boston. They're bringing together so many amazing leaders across business. I'm talking sales, marketing, customer success, operations, and more. It sounds like such a great time because it will be. You're going to be wowed by the speakers. There's going to be dozens of them, but there's also going to be speakers like Reese Witherspoon and Derek Jeter. I mean, talk about wow, right? This conference is the place to be for business leaders who want to learn about the best sales strategies, marketing tactics, and strategies for growth. If you want to know how to scale your business in a sustainable way, Inbound is the place to be this September. So I love that it's both entertaining and educational, so you can have fun, but also walk away feeling like you've learned something. Plus, it's a great way in time to connect with other business leaders, business owners, and network and make some friends as well. So 100%, these tickets are going to sell out crazy fast. So visit inbound.com to get your ticket today. Hey, hey, friends, Jacqueline and Mina here back for another week where we help you get more eyes on your business, improve your system so you can keep more money in your pocket and double your revenue by adding on revenue streams to your product-based business. So let's jump in to today's, which is going to be fun. We're talking about diapers to dollars and how we have navigated motherhood and entrepreneurship. Yeah, we sure have. And we're excited to share those tips with you today. Okay. So as you both, uh, maybe you don't know, but both of us have two kiddos. Um, We've also been entrepreneurs for, I don't know, we're nearing two decades. I know we look like we're 25, but. (laughs) 22 minimum, right? No, we don't mind, you know, we don't mind um, sharing our expertise. That's for sure. But we definitely have a lot of expertise, I feel like, to share. A lot. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I think both of us at a really young age were kind of given this opportunity of learning how to make money. So whether it was Mina selling plasma to make money or <laughs> me working. That was like I mean, to survive. That's entrepreneurship. Okay? I don't know if that is, you know, making money per se. That is basic needs. Actually, as a college student, I really didn't you know, I was buying like alcohol and stuff like that, you know? So like when you think about basic it, like, needs. yeah, basic <laughs> needs, it's just so funny to think about young Mina and baby Mina and how, um, 
I don't know. It was just like another day, you know? So it's like one of those yeah, things, but Mina, you know? It was a product. It was a physical good <laughs> that you were the I manufacturer of. So long. I, that was only when I was really desperate because I hate needles. So mm. it was something that I only did, you did not maybe, like. you know, a few times, but it was um, the worst. It was the worst. I <laughs> anyway. like giving giving me shivers thinking about it, like heebie-jeebies. Well, stop talking about it because other people are going to be like, ah! <laughs> um, Yeah, and then I think, you know, when I was in college, um, they recommended to get through this uh, program I was in that I, I, they actually said that if we worked more than 20 hours a week while we were in college, that we would end up with C grade averages because they were like in art school and like art school was super intense. I think um, 70% of the people ended up graduating. There was like a 30% dropout rate. Cause I don't think I've ever told you this. If we were, this was college, this is a bachelor's in fine arts at Otis college for art and design. If I had three tardies to any of my classes, it would equal one absence and third absence, your drop failed out of the oh, class. Wow. Meanwhile, I only showed up <laughs> on test taking days. Yeah. <laughs> We had like eight hours sewing classes. Size classes for for me, you know. <laughs> we, we had like sewing, pattern making, um, like art, actual art, and like illustration classes. Um, we had fashion shows every year. Uh, it was so intense. They took away our spring break one year because oh, wow. we all had to stay. So they were like, "No, no spring break for you." Um, I cried so hard that I lost one of my contacts, and we were like in downtown LA, so I had to makeshift myself a uh, eye patch. Oh my! To God. drive home. Yeah, it was a whole thing. <laughs> a lot of stress, a lot of late nights. So we definitely had different college experiences, but I worked, um, so I worked Saturdays at a bridal uh, salon. And so that was sort of, but it was for a, a designer out of Argentina. It was her and just a small team. So I think you and I have like been a part of stuff for a while, but let's just talk about entrepreneurship and mom brain and diapers yeah. and all this stuff. You know, what's so funny and kind of segueing to that topic is that I thought my life was so hard back then. I really mm. did. I was tired I all the time. Of course, I hadn't discovered This is coffee. pre-children. Yeah. So this is pre-children in college. Tired all the time, you know, trying to like help myself grow up, but I couldn't, you know, and it was, it was hard. Like that was a hard season. Well, that is literally a, you know, cakewalk. a cakewalk compared to when I had small kids. Now we're like, could we like locking ourselves in the toilets just to have a minute? Like, oh, mommy's <laughs> no in the bathroom. We got, it, got it. That it, any of anything done, you know? <laughs> like, mommy's in the bathroom. Mom, you've been in there for an hour. I know. I'm really like Not watching me. housewives I like take hiding. My kids in there with me, and you know how like there's like those things that you can maneuver with your feet, and or I would even try to take like a playpen in there because my kids would like cry when they wouldn't even see me. You know? Yeah. But I'm not saying like baby, baby. Yeah. I'm saying like not when I needed to make sure they weren't falling over and like killing themselves. It was more. Flop. <laughs> <laughs> when you run with I'm like, scissors. Like, okay, toddlers, have fun. No. Um, I have a friend right now that she says that her husband, oh my God, she says her husband finds her like ducking down in corners of the house and he always asks her what she's doing and she tells me she's just trying to hide from her husband and her kids. I like <laughs> there needs to be a change that yeah, if you're hiding in your hiding house skills from her toddlers that <laughs> hide in plain sight during hide and seek. I think she probably yeah. you know needs to go into a closet or something. Or maybe book a spa day and leave the house. But um okay so let's talk about navigating motherhood and entrepreneurship. So I had my business before I ever had kids. Um I had my kids in my 30s. So 
uh, I had my designer consulting co-op. I had Cuffs Couture, all pre-kids. So like my life was spent super dedicated to like building that. And then actually, to be 100% honest, I wasn't planning on getting pregnant and having Oliver. And actually, one of my biggest things when it happened was in my head, I was like, I really wanted to drive my career forward. I really wanted and I and getting pregnant, I was like, oh, this is going to stop me for where I want to go. So for me, it wasn't an initial like, yes, reaction, because I wasn't planning on it. But I will say that obviously, then it was amazing. And we're so fortunate and lucky to be able to have had a baby and a healthy baby and all the things. Um, And then the thing was, was because I owned my own business, but I had clients. So when you have clients, it's not like you still have to kind of be where your clients are. Um, That was harder, but I, I had to navigate my way through it. So it was like, okay, I couldn't spend all my hours at work the way I used to, right? I was breastfeeding. Like I had, if I was away, I had to like pump and save my milk. My, the people who worked with me, they'd be like, it sounds like one of those old fashioned printers. Cause I was the first one to, you know, have a baby. I'd bring my kids to work with me if I needed to, even though it wasn't ideal, like I compartmentalize. So I kind of need my kids in one place and me in another, and then I can come back to it. Um, so I'll say that that transition was harder, but once I had Oliver, I was, I I no longer had that, oh my God, my work's going to, you know, change. I had to just learn how to like, we talk about like blend it all together. So it's, so that's kind of, that was my initial step into it. Yeah. um, For me, very similar. I had my oldest, sorry, when I was 30 and then my youngest, um, Layla, when I was 35. So they're five years apart. Uh, When I had Surrey, I thought it was going to be really easy. I had planned for her. I knew I wanted to have a baby during that time. I got a job at Iowa State University. So that's where I actually graduated. But at that time, they had an opening for like a communications director, um, but only for part-time hours. But even though you work part-time hours, you get full-time benefits because you're a university employee. So I was like, you know what? I have these clients that I'm doing um, like annual reports and um, print collateral for. So like car dealerships, banks, that sort of thing. And I was able to just be like, oh, I know that I'm going to have a kid. I know that's very expensive. Um, So I'm going to go work at the university as this communications director um, and see um, if I can get under their insurance. And that's what happened. And so I had Surrey during that time when I was working there. Good thing I did because it was a very difficult birth. And they itemized like all the different things that you had during your birth time, you know, suction cup, episiotomy, all that kind of stuff. It was over $250,000 and I paid $25. So I knew, I actually didn't know I was going to have a difficult birth. Honestly, I thought it was going to be really easy at that time. <laughs> I was, feel like that's your approach to life. Yeah. I, I, you know, I saw like, if, if you guys did the math and you were watching TV back then, that was when I used to watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians and Courtney Kardashian had Mason. Is that his name? Mason. Um, and she made it look really easy. I just, in my brain, <laughs> did not think about that she has all this help and stuff like that. So I was like, oh my gosh, um, you know. They literally have a nanny per child. How do yeah. I know this? Because I interviewed a woman who was going, like, for a nanny position for us. And she's like, well, tomorrow I have an interview with Kourtney Kardashian for her third kid. This is a few years back. And I was like, oh, you should totally take that job. I was like in this tiny little house. And then I was like, no, you take that. She's like, yeah, they want each nanny to be a mom to their yeah. kid. I was like, oh I mean, my it's God. Insane. And she's like walking around. She loves pregnancy. Sarah Michelle, uh, well, no, not Sarah Jessica Parker was doing Sex in the City. She was walking around in heels. I was like, man, this gig is easy, right? Like, and it was horrible. 
it was horrible. I had the worst pregnancy. I was tired all the time. I it like was, um, I gained like 50 pounds, which is fine. I knew I was going to gain weight, but I didn't know how to carry 50 pounds extra of weight. So I would go into a rage, like, because my husband would be walking his normal pace and I would be like, why are you walking so fast? Like, <laughs> I just remember just being like this volcano and just erupting all the time. Like it was so hard. And I kept saying to people, it's like me carrying around a 50 pound bag of rice every day all the time. It's like so hard. And I like cry and scream. And that was basically my pregnancy story. <laughs> That's, I'm so glad I didn't know you then. Yeah, <laughs> Glad we were not still talk business about partners then. <laughs> how like I hated life. I was miserable. <laughs> we still talk about it. <laughs> so, funny. so I think like in, in terms of navigation and here's what I'll tell you. I grew up with a mom that was like a stay-at-home mom. There are five kids. Like that was, I, you know, her life was dedicated to raising us. And so I think, and for all of our friends out there that are moms and, you know, Mina's mom, your parents, your mom worked and your grandma raised right, you, right? Right, yes. My parents worked in a factory, so they worked quite a bit and they were so young. So when they weren't working, they were living their lives. They would go out, they would hang out with their friends. It wasn't, that was a time, remember, I think it was for you too, where kids were seen and not heard, right? And for all of us, oh, I, I think sure about they that all me, the time, but I got the kids, it was the same way for us. Like you raised yourself or your grandma lived with you, like in my case, you know? Yeah, and I didn't have that because I had a, you know, a stay-at-home mom that yeah. was like, that was her thing, five kids. And so I think we both had kind of these different experiences growing up with, let's say, our mother roles. Yeah. Um, For me, and part of why I am the way we, I am is because my mom always lived in this regret where she's like, I should have gone to art school. She was always creative. Her parents offered her to go to art school. She said, no, like she's going to be a secretary like her mother. This is coming out of London. So it was kind of, kind of old school there. And then my whole life, she created things. So before there was Etsy, my mom was, you know, puff painting t-shirts or making headbands or making all of our soccer banners. So my mom is a true maker. Like she can come up with anything, figure out the pattern and make it um, anything. And so it was kind of like, I grew up in the shadow of regret of her not be able, being able to, to kind of have, I would say like bigger purpose in the world with her products or her creativeness um, because she didn't know how to sell it. She'd always say like, I'm not a business owner and I'm a mom and whatever. So there was times that she would have like small businesses that she did well or she sold at like markets and then there weren't. So I kind of grew up in this world of regret from my mom, like where she should have done X. She was stuck in a bad marriage. She had five kids that she was raising, which she loved and she didn't have a business brain. So when I became a mom, I had a lot of guilt and I've had to work a lot of years on this. So if anyone's out there and you're struggling, the get help, like talk to other people. Don't do this alone. Um, I ended up with psychiatrists and, or psychologists. I don't know. The one that doesn't Therapy. prescribe medicine. Yeah. <laughs> Therapy. Yes. And then, um, even though I am on medicine now, but, and then uh, life coach and the life coach part for me was really big deal because I always thought I was a bad mom because I really like working and that was my, felt like my purpose in life. And being a mom is amazing too. But it was hard because I measured myself against my mom, right? And so I think when you're going through motherhood, 
we look at the models that we grew up with and then maybe we want to try, we either want to be exactly like them or there's something that we want to be very different from, but then we're measuring against something. So I think when you are a mom and you're navigating, I think you need to come to the conclusion of like one, however you do momhood, it's your way. Mm-hmm. And Mina's going to talk about hers and we have very different ways yeah. that we go about it. Um, but it's okay because like how I raise my kids is okay and how Mina raises her kids is okay and how you raise your kids is okay. But it's kind of like what, do, like, and and the seasons are going to be hard. And that's where I was getting to. You were the first person to talk to me about seasons because I had no, I had no idea how to be a mom and work at the same time. I had a mom that didn't work, right? Mm-hmm. So I had no idea how to combo the two. And then you were so clear with me on like, Sometimes it's a harder season. Sometimes when your kids are little, your kids need more from you. And the piece I just want to wrap this part up with is is like, it is seasons. And so you, it's harder, but then it does get easier. You just don't know it until you're there, you know? Yeah. And then you wonder how you got through it. I think usually is what it is. Hey friends, it's podcast recommendation time. This month, we've been loving the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast hosted by marketing expert, John Jantz. He is such a genius when it comes to marketing. If you haven't listened to his podcast yet, he shares many insightful marketing tips, strategies, and resources for small business owners and marketers like you. It'll help keep your business growing. I like that he does it in a way that's both easy to understand and entertaining. He recently did an episode about AI tools, which we are obsessed, and you can use it as sort of research assistance to enhance what you're already doing, coming up with ideas and creating powerful marketing strategies, which we all know we could use more ease in our lives, right? It's a really interesting episode. He definitely knows how to open your mind up to new ways of doing things involving marketing and business strategies. Definitely give it a listen. Listen to Duct Tape Marketing wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Product Boss. Okay, this is for you. The other day, we got a message from Lolly asking us if we had a referral for a great inventory management software to help track raw goods and on-hand products that were ready to sell. And you know what we told Lolly? We sure do. Not only do we have a resource for inventory management software, but we have over 308 other business tools and resources that will help you effectively run your product-based business. Now, this ranges from packaging and printing supplies, affiliate management, website and email software, legal resources, video and photo tools, and so much more. You will have everything you need to grow your dream product business today and at no cost to you. Yep, this is totally free and you can download the Product Boss Ultimate Resource Guide right now by heading to theproductboss.com slash resource guide. Again, that's theproductboss.com slash resource guide. Now back to the show. My name is Dawn Witherspoon. I am the owner of Celestial Cocoa Company. We make small batch gourmet hot chocolate mixes. And since I have met Mina and Jackie, it has been a 29% increase in my sales over the past two years. It has thought-bustered me. I am so happy to have found this and to use the modules and to be accountable and using the modules by the community that I, I'm uh, 
involved in. So thank you very much. And I think it's a great investment. For my parents, I grew up without a lot of reliability on my parents. Like they, I say it all the time, they lived their own lives in a lot of ways. Yes, of course they took care of us, but it was, we were never allowed to ask questions. We were never allowed to, like, even I remember being so scared asking them for lunch money when I was little, you know? So when I went to college, I filled out all the loan, the FAFSAs by myself, my sister, um, who was going to college at the same time, also filled out the FAFSAs by, by myself, by herself, right? I always, I grew up feeling like you never ask for help. In fact, you don't ask for anything. You a- never ask questions, you know? So you navigate the world in that sort of way. So with raising my daughters, I, I think there is a lot of like, for me, working through a feeling like safe and feeling loved, I guess, without offering things to other people. I think that in this world, a lot of us, we sometimes attach our value to that we're good or we're not good or we're, you know, valuable because we do things for other people. And I always grew up feeling like I'm not valuable unless I'm doing something for other people. If I'm generous, if I'm, you know, planning this for them, if I'm paying this for them, you know, that generous sort of spirit. And then I realized that I actually have to do stuff for myself too. And that was the thing that as I got to be an adult and a mom of being myself, that I realized that I actually do need to take care of myself too. And I learned that a lot of the ways, the hard way by getting burnt out, by, you know, hitting like breakdowns and things like that, I feel like, and having lots of anxiety. And I think that for me, when I think about raising my kids, a lot of it has to do with, I want them to feel that there's a safe space for them to come back to me whenever they need to. Like, let's say they're out doing their own thing. And I know this from having to raise, like, basically raise my youngest sister. She's, you know, 11 years younger than me. I always, like, when she didn't pay her rent, I paid it for her. If she didn't have a place to stay, she stayed with me. Um, You know, I put out all of her fires and I realized I did her such a disservice. And so by the time I had kids, I was like, actually, I realized that I didn't know how to be a parent and I was forced to be a parent with my youngest sister. And so now that I'm a parent, I'm like, I can't put out, I have almost a 13 year old. I can't put out all her her fires. I actually just need to create a place for her to feel safe. Like if she, you know, is out doing something and she doesn't feel safe, she, she can call me. If she um, has questions, she can talk to me about it. You know, all these different things, but she also has to be self-sufficient. That has been the hardest thing in my life to figure out that, that I wanted to be that type of parent of, okay, I don't want to be the the smothering one, which I did feel like I was very much so, but I was still learning a lot of that when they were in diapers, right? That I was constantly, they, they, they wanted for nothing. Then I realized that as I was growing and my youngest sister was growing and I'm helping her while I have these kids, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm actually not supposed to be parenting my youngest sister. And that's actually not how I want my kids to feel either, like smothered by me, you know? So I think that that's the other thing is that when we start to evolve and mature as parents, that you realize that there is like this learning that you do. So when you go from diapers, you're just trying to survive, dude. Like it is so freaking hard. And then when you get to- Go easy on yourself. (laughs) I know it's hard, but you might cry a lot like us. Day through day, you know, day by day, day by day. And you get through that hard season and you enjoy- those moments. And I would say you document a lot of it, you know, but don't make yourself guilty about it. 
because you're going to forget so easily. Um, And then from there, you start to realize that you can be a different type of parent. So for example, there's the parent that you are when they're in diapers. There's the parent that you are in toddler years. There's the parent that you are, you know, in elementary school age and middle school, and then probably in high school. So, you know, I think that that's the thing is knowing there's different versions of your parenting that will happen as you kind of mature and you figure out more of yourself, like who you want to be and what you want to pass down, I think. Yeah. And now Mina's oldest is 13. Um, my 12, oldest is yeah, 10, 12. 12. Mm-hmm. So we're definitely still in that kind of like middle school, elementary school. And I'm sure a lot of you out there listening, you know, you've got older kids in high school or even but they've we graduated. found each other when our youngest was two or two. Yeah. So here's what I'll say. Um, because I, I don't think either of us knew how to hold both motherhood and working or entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. because your mom was working and like your grandma took the motherly mothering role. And my mom was mothering more or less. There were five of us. So being the oldest kind of was sort of the same idea, like good luck. Um, but, and I was, and I also have a sister 10 years younger than me. So both me and I are, were very much like parental to our little sisters now, but my mom was very like home, you know, and mm-hmm. didn't work. So you and I had very separate ex- experiences, but it was kind of like one or the other. So our friends over here, what me and I have been going through and what to kind of share with you today on this podcast. And we talk about it as the idea of the blend. Each of our blends are going to be different. Each of the ways we navigate are going to be different. Mina, you never had like a nanny or childcare, right? Like, what did you do with your kiddos when they were little no, and I you did. had to work? They were in you daycare. You did have a nanny? Yeah. They were in daycare, right? Yeah, but not like an at home nanny. They were right. in daycare. Mm-hmm. How old were your kids when you sent them to daycare? Um, three months. Oh, so you, yeah, you started mm-hmm. young. Okay. Yeah. So, so as soon as your kids could get into daycare, I'm sure, um, when it was like time to go back. Yeah. I think they can get less. in there like, pretty early, but, um, I had, I took like 12 weeks off of work. So Uh is that three months? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to do some (laughs) quick math here. Yeah. Then after that 12 weeks, so going into the fourth month was when I would put my kids into daycare. Now I was home longer with Layla because, um, she had the heart condition at four months Mm -hmm. and, um, then I was home with her for, you know, a while. And then for me, um, my husband's an actor, so like he'd be home. So that was that was part of it. But then I ended up getting a nanny that would work to help supplement. Like, because if he got an audition or he had to leave, I needed someone to rely on and he couldn't be 100% reliable because of his nature of his work. So I had a nanny. And then I think when my kids were just over a year was when I was, I think Oliver was like 18 months when I put him in daycare or uh, like pre-K or preschool-ish daycare. Mm-hmm. And then Will, I remember, this is when we moved to New Jersey and we had no family. James was working. I was working. We were building our baby product business, product-based business, like this, the product boss, whatever this thing is called. Um, and I remember crying because like Willow was 13 months and I was like, I have to put her in daycare. And I didn't put Oliver in and I felt guilty that like I had to put her in. And I remember like crying the night before and asking my husband if it was like the wrong move. And then we went to her first day and it was like none of that drama where you have to like wean the kid off of you. She like mm-hmm. took her teacher's hand. I remember turned around to me, waved by and walked off. And then that girl ruled the school. And I was like, oh, this is good for her, right? Like, so 
whatever. First, it's like, where is the help? I think as you're navigating, and especially when babies are younger, where is the help? Now, the part that I kind of disagree with is a lot of times women will stop working because they say, I'm going to be paying the same amount for childcare as I would if I um, worked per hour. So they decide to leave the job and stay home when it comes to a financial part. Now, here was the difference there. Even if what you're getting paid is what you're paying for someone to watch your kids, let's just say, if you're building a business, what I want you all to realize is like, yes, it might be a wash to start, but this is how it happened for you and me, Mina, because we the product boss was not making a ton of money when we started. It was not even the thing that we were leaning on, but it was the ability to set that foundation and to keep growing while our kids were being taken care of because then eventually we started making more money than what we were paying for daycare and then more than that and then more than that. So if you think about it initially, it's like that investment into getting the ball rolling. And then, but if you're working for yourself, you will start to make, and hopefully you will start to make more money than you did do like paying a, a nanny or childcare. So I think that's one of the things that I see a lot of people say like, oh, I'm going to stop working because it's what I would pay in childcare. Now, if that's your choice, that's your choice. But then if you've got, an, if you're an entrepreneur, know that you can make more money. You're not working for someone else. Yeah. I think it's just whatever is right for them in that season of life. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, I don't necessarily- I think if it comes down to dis- money. Yeah. I don't disagree with that move. Because I think that I've known people who can, I think for me and you, it made sense because we, you know, enjoyed our work. We needed the time away. You know, we could choose between part-time, full-time, whatever it was, and we could make it happen. I think there's plenty of people that I've heard of that have created businesses while their kids are at home, you know? So whatever your prerogative is, I guess, um, because it's like, I think that the tricky thing that when people ask us this question is that there's no concrete answer. One of the, the hugest things that I learned was that nobody has this figured out. Nobody. So like, while there's some people that are like, hey, you know, have a grandparent watch them or hey, send them to daycare or do this or do that. Um, the the main thing that came out of that was guilt or judgment. And always, no matter which one you all, choose, though. Always. <laughs> And so I think that whatever works for you, where you feel like this is the choice I want outside of everybody judging me or um, making me feel guilty, like make it be your own decision. Um, and, And that is what you should do. Because I don't regret any decisions I did make, you know, for like putting my kids into childcare. Um, But I did learn that when I put Suri in, which was my oldest, she loved it. She loved structure. She loved routine. She really thrived in that setting. Now, when I went to put Layla in, she really didn't love that setting. Like that wasn't her. She's, I call her like my wild child in a lot of ways because she doesn't love routine all the time. Now she's gotten to where, where she does more so, but she just is a different personality. Like her personality didn't fit the daycare curriculum as well as what Surrey's was. It's just like, you know, sometimes you kids you want your kids to go to college, but sometimes they're not meant for college or they're meant for trade school or they're meant for, um, you know, job experience or whatever. And I think that that is something like, they're just all wired so differently. And so yeah. I think that for all of you, like figure out what it is and um, know that it's not a permanent decision. I think that that's the thing is like, sometimes we we put all this like weight on our shoulders and we're like, oh my gosh, this is going to be like this forever. 
you know, she's going to have to be in daycare forever. And that's just not true. You know, if I could go back and tell myself something, it's that it's okay. And this is only for, you know, a temporary time. And then you'll figure it out as you go, you know? Yeah. And then I think it goes back to some of the episodes we've done before. It's like asking for help or getting help. So Mm -hmm. even, and we, we coach a lot of like multi-million dollar businesses and they're like individual women with little kids at home. And, you know, it's that kind of like nap time empire. Like they're trying to build things during nap time. And, but the thing is, is we see them get so frazzled and stressed and it's because they get no help anywhere. Yeah. Right. Cause they're the kind of people. And so I think for all of us, as we're navigating motherhood and entrepreneurship, I I do want to say you cannot do it all by yourself, meaning you can't be responsible for the house duties, child rearing and and, and business. And try to step back from it a little bit. Like, would you expect that from your husband? Would you expect him to have his full-time job while having the role of a kid, while taking care of the house? You know, I think that we put things on ourselves that we're just like, oh, I have to do this. But how did you end up with the, that entire role, you know? Right. And I know that a lot of us, and, you know, we're in our 40s, so there's a level of, even even women that are just a little bit older than us, like they even have a different experience than us. And then our sisters are very different. And then, you know, 20-year-olds are different and teens. But I will say, if this is resonating with you, it's been this transition time where men are also carrying a lot of the home roles in a lot of ways. And I remember one day watching my husband pack the lunch and I started feeling guilty, like I should be packing the lunch. And then I was like, why should I be packing the lunch? There there are kids, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's his kids and my kids, like he could pack the lunch. So I think is the thing I want you all to realize is we're all navigating new terrain that we've never been a part of where um, home duties, not for all of us, because we all have different relationships in different places of the world, but more so a lot of home duties are being split. There is proof that children watching their dads, let's say, do laundry are going to grow up with a different perspective of the world than when all the duties are on the parents, mm-hmm. on the mom, um, potentially, or one singular parent. Now, listen, if you are a single parent, then you, I mean, you are wow. an incredible human yes. and running a business. So, but the thing is, and the thing we know is that we need to get help. So yeah. there's another episode that you can listen to and we will tag that in here where we talk about easy ways to get help. Um, Can someone, you know, can you send the laundry out? Like, Mm -hmm. so we want you to think, what's the home duties that you could either outsource or get help for? Yeah, or have your husband in charge of. Because like I was nursing during during those times or just feeding or I was just getting less sleep and I was healing, my body was healing. So he was in charge of the washing all the bottles, for example. By the way, we had tons of bottles. So it wasn't like, I was waiting for him to finally wash the bottles. It was like we had an abundance of bottles too. Um, He also was laundry duty. So it was like, I didn't have to worry about the blowouts. And honestly, if she blew out any of um, any of the stuff, I would throw it away. I didn't even care about washing it, honestly. You know, it was like too hard. Um, So like letting some stuff go like that, I think too would be really helpful. Yeah. So can it be something home duty? Can it be something with kids? Can it be something that helps you? Like maybe at this point you order meal delivery or, um, you know, or can you get help or can you hire someone in business? Because can your business actually afford to hire someone so that you can be more with your kids? And I think as we're stepping through the ages, because I know we talked a lot about being um, like little kids, 
I think the thing too is letting go of some of the, there's been things that Mina and I have had to miss for our kids. Mm-hmm. Spring break, shows, um, field games, trips, field trips. Parties. And the thing also I think is letting go of a little bit of that guilt that maybe can be created on like the the, lap, the school blacktop where it's like, as a mom, should I participate in this? Because I think 90% of the people who volunteer and help in schools are women or the moms and that expectation, but there are also dads that can do it. And also you building a business and that entrepreneurship, and this is something Rachel Rogers said to us, that's also a big contribution to the world. And, and know that your kids are watching you. So actually the examples we're leading for our kids, especially as mothers and what we set is actually fantastic because we would want this for our children, right? Know that they're watching you in the way of either you're suffering and not asking for help and trying to hold it all and trying to do all the things, but it's not really a superwoman, super mom sort of situation. It's like a not taking care of yourself. Yeah. Or you hire, you get help. They see how to outsource and resource. And then they're watching, wow, mom can do it all because she knows how to resource. She knows how she's here for when I need her, like Mina was saying. You know, you go to the things that you can go to. You grow a beautiful business that's going to support your family. You bring them into some of it so they also can kind of like participate in in the business you have. And I think that's the thing, right? But it's, again, it's our own blend. Each of us are going to have our own relationships, our own kids, our own way of working. I do think it's just kind of like Mina said, like it's a short period of time and each stage is going to change quickly. And you're going to look back and be like, I don't know how I got through that. And keep stepping forward, but keep pouring into yourself because mm-hmm. that's the way you're going to navigate motherhood and entrepreneurship. Absolutely. I do have one regret thinking back. My one regret was that I didn't actually get um, seek therapy. I didn't. Yeah. Back then, there was no conversations about postpartum depression. I actually didn't know I was in postpartum depression. And then looking back, I definitely was. So I wasn't taking care of myself in a way that felt like because I didn't understand it or have the resources or the right people around me to have those conversations with. And so I think that for all of you that are going through this really hard season of life and you have more on your plate, know that you do have to take care of yourself and you have to prioritize things. And there'll be, you know, other things that you can let go of, like what Jacqueline was saying, you know, definitely there's things that you're going to miss. But even parents that show up for all the things, like I just think about parents that show up for every single thing they are super present, but that doesn't mean that they're super supportive. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't mean that those children are like so happy to go to them when they have problems or that they feel the self-sufficiency or all that sort of things. So I think that there's like, while, you know, we think that, oh, I need to be present for all the things. I think you just need to know that the support looks different in many ways. It can be parents that are showing up a lot. Every single thing, they are not missing anything. It could be parents that show up to the things that they need to show up to because they also have to work. It could be parents that can't show up to anything and then they're, you know, maybe financially supportive, but they build the team around them. This is like the celebrity version, maybe, you know, like you said, the nanny or whatever it is. And that's right for some people, honestly, Maybe, you but know. We, we don't know their families, right? So they yeah. could have dinner every night together when they're yeah. together or, you know, so the thing though, I think what you're trying to say here is like, be where you can be, but be the parent to your kid you want to be. And it's irrelevant of you showing up to things, right? Yeah. I also think them seeing you choose 
you pouring into yourself, whether it's education, whether you have the ability to go on a trip and work, whether you're like, you know, mommy is hitting a really big deadline. I have to work tonight, but let's this weekend spend some time together. And then you commit to that. The thing is, is what I think you and I didn't see as moms or with our mothers was that idea of the blend. It was one, it was all or nothing. I had a mom that was a stay-at-home mom that didn't go to any of my games, right? Like, that's a huge thing I was pissed about. I was like, she's going to all these little kids. I mean, I could never have five kids. So so now as a mom, (laughs) I'm like, I mean, my parents never even knew what activities I was in, you know? So, so, and it's like, but I do, my kids know I'm supportive, right? I may not be able to go to all the things, but I ask them about it. I know what's going on in their lives. So I think the thing is though, and the biggest thing that I think I want to tell all of you is that a lot of times as moms, and we do, Mina and I do this as well, where we have to, you know, we all are always getting better at this is we put ourselves on the shelf and we are like, we're all about our kids or all about these other things. And the thing that's the best for our children is learning how that, how they're going to take care of themselves, right? Yeah. How they're going to live this like- happy mom. Yes. Because they need to see, wow, I can do a lot of things. And, but as long as I sleep, feed myself, work out, go to doctors, um, have a balanced life where, wow, mom is happy or mom's enjoying what she's doing. Wow, mom's pursuing her destiny, let's say. And this is possible. And then they learn that from you as well. So this is a little bit of a longer episode, but I hope that this impacted somebody out there in some way. Um, And I think, you know, what you were saying was like, find the community. So if the community is not local to you, if it's not the the local moms, if you are going to play groups, or if you feel sort of out of sync with the people around you, then seek out those that you feel in sync with in the Product Boss community, at least in our multi-stream machine group. It's a ton of moms that have businesses. So find the groups and find the people that get you and get it. And then those are the people to lean on for days that you're feeling like, how can I possibly do it all? Mm -hmm. I love that. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for being here and listening all the way through the Product Boss Podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone. And we know that you all know that a five-star and honest review helps you sell more products to more people. So you know that your reviews help us reach more listeners around the world. Remember, what we give is what we receive, and we are all about helping each other in the Product Boss community. We are all in this together. We would be so appreciative of you if you could take the time right now to subscribe, leave a review, and even share this episode on social or someone you know so we can impact more lives. And remember, subscribing means that you will get notified each time we release a new episode so you never miss a thing. You have helped us grow and climb into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts and together we can keep climbing. Thank you, friends. And remember, there is room at the top for all of us.